Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rhema Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. We are so excited about what we're going to discuss tonight. Again, last week we began a study on the end times, and we're using the book of Revelation to guide us through this conversation. I'm really, really excited again. Um, with me, I have Elder John, and we both will go through the scriptures, but we have uh, Deaconess Katrina Johnson, who is our moderator, who will read us the, the scriptures and take us through. Now, we want to say this again, as we've been saying, um, as we said last week, if you have any questions, we're going to ask that you please send them to us in real time so we can answer them today. I'm going to let Elder John explain um, how you can send us questions, even if you want a watch party. Elder John. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, so when you start your watch party, and we encourage you to start a watch party, share this gospel message, share this. There's a lot of people who have questions about the book of Revelation. Share it, share, share. But when you share, in the comment, in the, at the top of the share, it asks you whether you want to put a comment in the share or in the live. You want to switch it over to the live so that we can see those comments because otherwise we don't see those comments. So you just want to switch it over to live comment feed and you'll begin to see all of the comments. You'll see the MGWC logo, you know, with a lot of comments. So we just encourage you, share, share, share. Get this out. Get this out. Okay. Thank you, Elder John. So again, um, for those who are having watch parties, so if you're family and friends or if you have questions, in order for us to see those questions, you have to hit the live and not the share, okay? So we're excited. I'm going to pass this over to Dignitas Katrina, who will get us started tonight um, as we go through our teaching about the end times. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. I am also excited about having another awesome night of teaching from the book of Revelation. Last week, we covered chapter 1 in the first church in chapter 2. So tonight we're going to pick up in chapter 2 with verse 8, and we are going to begin with the church of Smyrna. And it reads, To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. Can we pause there for a minute, Deaconess? I'm sorry. So here, here, here's one of the things that's fascinating about this text. This, again, all should be in red letter. Mm -hmm. So this is Jesus talking. And he says, I know about your suffering, suffering and your poverty. Now, that is something that we have to always remind ourselves is that God knows what we go. He understands what we go through. He sees exactly what we are enduring. But here in the text, it says he sees, he understands, or he knows about their suffering and their poverty but you are rich. And so you have to ask yourself, how can I be in poverty and be rich? So let's see. I'm going to take you to another place in the Bible real quick so you can see that. James chapter 2, verse 5. James chapter 2, verse 5 reads this way. It says, listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Rich in faith. He says, aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? So even though for some people, they're like, how can I be rich? Here's a way we can be rich. Even though you may not have the financial resources, you can be rich in faith. And so I just wanted to highlight that um, deaconess 
um, um, as we were getting to that conversation. So I'm sorry if you please could continue. Yeah. Elder John, unless you have something to highlight. No, there. no, no, please. please. No, I mean, that was one of awesome. the questions someone had from last week. So oh, that awesome. was awesome. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. All right, let's pause there and talk about that briefly. Um, so, so again, Jesus is, is, is informed about what they're dealing with. He also knows who's, who's in their midst. He says, there's Jews amongst you who are not Jews, but they're from the synagogue of Satan. Which means they, they're professing one thing, but they're, they're not who they say they are. Mm. They, they're saying one thing, but they're not who they say they are. He says, don't be afraid of the suffering. He says, the devil will, um, will test you all. So some of y'all may have to suffer for the sake of the gospel. And see, here in the United States, a lot of us don't understand what it really means to suffer for the sake of the gospel because we're not being persecuted because we believe in Christ. In other countries around the world, they, they're being persecuted. They have to hide and have church. We can have church openly. We can say, yes, I am saved. We can wear T-shirts that says, our God is dope. We can do all of that. People can't do that everywhere. And so he says some of the, some of the people are going to be thrown into prison. He said, but you're going to suffer for 10 days. 10 days is not an actual. That actually just means a short span of time. So it may not be 10 actual 24-hour periods, but it could actually mean that you're going to have to suffer for a very short period of time. He says, but if you're faithful while face, listen, while facing death, some of them may have to face death. He says, I will give you the crown of life. Amen. And see, we, we, have to, we have to stop putting all of our stock in these, whatever amount of time we have on this earth. See, if, let's, say, let's say we can live 70, 80, 90 years Compare that to eternity. I would rather have my crown of life in eternity than to, to, to deny God or live whatever type of life while I'm here for those seven. Those 70 years or 80 and 90, even you live 100 years, can't compare to eternity. Amen. amen. So, Elder John, we won't, you want to um, elaborate on any of that? Well, you know, Pastor, I think that's one of the, the parts that really uh, that stands out to me because he starts off by reminding folks that I'm the first and the last. I'm the one who was dead but I'm alive again because he's reminding them that I'm the author and the finisher right that that's not the end of your story even if that's even if that's the 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 way you have to go out he says that's not the end of your story he's encouraging them and reminding them listen listen I am the first I am the author and I'm the finisher I am the one who is dead so I was there I suffered but I'm alive and he's reminding them look that's not the end of the story that's not the period it's a comma. And I think it's important that, that we take on this perspective as believers, right? And as you mentioned, Pastor, like there's a lot of believers all over the world that, that, are, that are suffering, that are suffering. And, and we have to always be mindful and, and thankful. And that's why we have to appreciate the time we have mm -hmm. when, when, when we can come, when we can watch alive. Everybody doesn't have that. I mean, and so this is Smyrna. This is the persecuted church. Yes. This is the persecuted church. Amen. Oh, and I'm sorry. Can I just? <laughs> <laughs> so then, then uh, the, the other part that stands out to me, he says, that, he says I, I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. 
They say they are Jews. Now, notice that the people opposing him are not the actual Jews, even though the actual Jews were opposing them. He said these are people who want to be. And the, the term Jew for, for the Jew meant people of God. He said these are people of God, people who are saying they're the people of God and they're opposing the people of God. And so this is something that we have to always be mindful of is that like uh, people come to church with so many expectations. Mm. They come to church with so many expectations and they think that church is a hotel where everything is pristine when church is really a hospital right. and there's a lot of broken people. Mm -hmm. And so, so Christ is reminding, he said, listen, I know what you're going through. I know, look, I've been there. I've done that. I've been betrayed. I've been, I've been, I've, I, they, they were trying to stone me. I've been there and I've done that. And he's letting them know and encouraging them. Listen, it's not the end. It's not the end. That's powerful, Elder. Thank you. Yes, amen, amen. For those of you who are just joining us, we are in Ch Revelation chapter 2. We're going into verse 11. If you have any questions, any thoughts, please type it in the chat so that we can get to your questions and your comments. This is, as Pastor said last week, a dialogue, not just a monologue. So Amen. we're picking up in verse 11. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Now, Pastor and Elder, before we go on, what is the second death? Uh oh, amen. The second <laughs> death. Now, we're going to answer that question, Deaconess. I think it's an amazing question. And we're going to dive in deep, do a deep dive in this um, a little bit further along in our study um, when we get to this portion. But let me just kind of give you a quick synopsis. The second death is the death with, with the, where hell will be thrown into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, it's called the second death because the first death is the physical death of this body. But then, um, so, so let me refer to this. Let me refer to this scripture we're all are aware of. When the Bible says the wages of sin is death, they're not talking about the death of this physical body. Because, well, it could be connected to that, but it's also referring to the, the, uh, the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because hell, <coughs> excuse me, hell is a, 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 a staging place. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is it's a rough place, and the Bible describes what hell is, but that's not the final destination. Hell is where, 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 where people are going to be sent until they're thrown into the lake of fire. And that's the second death, and we don't want no parts of that. Pastor, can I ask you something? Please. How bad is the lake of fire if it consumes hell? Yes. So let's talk about that. <clears throat> there are several things... Um, that describes so like so remember when 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 God showed up to Abraham mm -hmm. I mean not to Abraham to Moses he showed up in a burning bush that bush was burning but it wasn't consumed mm -hmm. so imagine being burned but you're not being consumed mm -hmm. imagine being in fire but you don't die mm -hmm. that is the torture when hell can consume be consumed by the lake of fire. Mm. Wow. And, and see, the Bible talks about, and, and, and listen, Jesus talks about hell more than anyone. Mm -hmm. Actually, I, th th there's, you'll be stressed to find someone else who talks about hell outside of Jesus. Jesus talks about it. He says, he said there's um, gnashing and weeping of teeth, meaning it's a gritting, like when you're in pain and you're trying to, you know, 
you know, like it's, there's a weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, and, and he also talks about like utter darkness. So, so it's, a, it's, it's not a place you want to be. It's mm -hmm. definitely not a place you want to be. That's the funny thing. So when, <clears throat> when you hear people talk about hell, they'll say things like, well, I don't mind going to hell. All my friends are going to be there. We'll just have a party there. Well, it's so dark, you won't even know who's there. Mm -hmm. So ain't no party going on. Matter of fact, it's nothing but, as Elder John said, gnashing of teeth, like torture. Um, and then, again, imagine going through hell and then have to be thrown into the lake of fire afterwards. Don't want no parts of that. We're going to do a deep dive in that as we get a little bit further along. But that, when the Bible talks about the second death, they're referring to the lake of fire. Amen. 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 Thank you. We're picking up on verse 12 of Revelation 2. To the angel of the church in Pergamum, write, these are the words of him who has the sharp, double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in, in the days of Antipas. My faithful witness, who was put to death in your city, where Satan lives. Let's okay. pause there. Elder John, why don't you elaborate on that? Okay. okay. Hello. So let me, let me explain who Antipas is, first of all. So Antipas was actually the bishop of Pergamon, right? And he was actually ordained by John the Elder, the very John who's writing Revelations. Mm -hmm. And so this touches John. You can tell that this touches John's heart. He actually, he, he, he actually ordained this, this man to be bishop over Pergamon. So what happened was he was, uh, according to history, Right. He was actually casting out and preaching against um, worshiping idols and eating food sacrificed unto idols. And he was also casting demons out. This is according to, to the histor historical background. And so the priest of these uh, these temples uh, um, got got indignant with him and they told him, hey, listen, our gods are, are, are from ancient. And this Jesus, he just came on the scene. So, so he, he said, listen, I'm not going to serve somebody who is under my feet. So what they did was they actually took him violently, and they took him into what was called the Temple of Artemis. Mm -hmm. Now, the Temple of Artemis was a place where they worshipped the goddess Diana. They took uh, uh, what's called a brazen bull or a bronze bull. And uh, Brother Jay, if you can put that in so that the folks can see it. This was a, was, it, it, was a, it was a bronze bull that was hollow inside. And what they would do is they would take people, criminals and people of that nature, and they would put them in this bronze bull, and then they would heat the bottom until the person died. So they died a very violent life. Um, and the whole time they could hear him, they could hear him giving glory to God mm. while he was in there. The, the funny thing was that even though he died, the next day it's reported that they went to actually get his body and his body was not burned. Mm -hmm. So uh, some of the Eastern Christ, uh, Christians, they actually, you know, they have, you know, they, of course, they made him a saint. I mean, you know, and uh, they actually uh, call him the saint of the two fake and they pray to him for two fakes. But we don't do that, people of God. Um, but but that, that's a very interesting part of, uh, of this context. So it gives us a little context in this. Now, um, so, uh, you know, the, Jesus says, hey, listen, this was my faithful witness. Um, now, the other reason, if I'm sorry, I'm, 
no, uh, right. so he, he mentions Satan's throne. Uh, I know that you live in a city where Satan has his throne. Uh, now, Satan's throne or Satan's seat is a reference to the Pergamon altar, which is currently located in, per in the Pergamon Museum in Ber Berlin. And the, the actual altar, the whole place actually looked like a throne. So when Jesus made reference to this, the throne where Satan sits, he was making a reference to this, this whole, it, it, the, the actual place itself, the altar, the whole thing actually looked like a throne. So that's what Jesus meant when he said Satan's throne. Pastor. Uh, you, you said it all, Elijah. Let's keep moving, Deaconess. Okay, we're picking up in verse 14. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food, sacrificed to idols, and committed sexual immorality. All right, let's pause there. Come let's on. talk about Come this on, really Pastor. briefly. <laughs> so when you, when you go back to the Old Testament, we see the story of Balaam. Balaam was a wicked prophet, but he wasn't a false prophet. Mm -hmm. And that's important because... I can, I can be a real prophet, but if my heart's not right, I can be a wicked prophet and use my gifting for the wrong reasons. Mm. And so what happened was the king, um, Balak, he was upset that Israel was imposing on his territory. So he came to the prophet and said, hey, curse them. And God said, you can't curse what I have blessed. Mm -hmm. And we uh, see people of God, listen. People can't curse you if God has blessed you. People, That's right. People's words don't mean nothing compared to our God. God you, people can't curse what God has blessed. And so it's a funny, it's a fascinating story because even though Balaam didn't want to do it, he was pressured into doing something. And so it's so funny because this is the story where he gets on his donkey. Come and, on. And, and he's going down the road and there's an angel. And the, and, the, and the donkey don't, he sees the angel, but be, can you believe that? That a donkey can see the uh, 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 angelic being, but the prophet can't. Uh-oh, come on. Come, can you dig in? Nah, oh, God. Oh, John, I'm trying not to mess with it because we'll be here all night. But think about that. We just dealt with that. Remember, we just dealt with a couple of weeks ago when Zechariah was in the temple. And when Zechariah was in the temple, when, when, when Gabriel showed up to give him a message and a word from the Lord, he himself was, was frightened by it. And, and because he didn't believe, he couldn't even speak for nine months. And so it's amazing that when, when, when God sends a message or when God shows up, that the, people, the, 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 the preachers don't even recognize God. Mm. Come on. Is that... I'm sorry. Go I'm, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Pastor, how, how, how is this... Help, help me um, with how is this relevant today? Like, what, how does this play in today? It, it, it plays in the day, Elder John, because I believe, just like with these churches, God has placed what we call, according to this, to, the, to Revelation, angels. Mm -hmm. And angels is angelos, and it means messenger. So it means the messengers of God. So as the, as the messengers of God, as the leaders of the church, if we're not in tune with God, how in the world will anybody else be in tune with God? If we're not hearing from God on behalf uh, of the church, and not to say that the people of God can't hear from God, I'm not one to, to prescribe to the fact that if I didn't hear it, that you ain't hearing from God. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't prescribe to that, that, that method, but I will say that we, especially, 
especially in these turbulent times, as leaders in a church, we should be turning on our plate. We should be hearing from God. And when God shows up, we shouldn't, the, oh goodness, the donkey shouldn't recognize God before us. Come on. Now, Pastor, the donkey is the most stubborn beast mm -hmm. there is. And for a, a naturally created stubborn beast, he was created to be stubborn, to see something ahead of us as the church, it's a shame. Yes. And so, and, and, and so the, the donkey, the donkey, this just a fast forward story, the donkey saw the angel and three times, and he wouldn't move, <laughs> three times, um, um, uh, Balaam tried giving a move, and he was he was torturing the donkey. Oh God! Oh man, I want to mess with this thing. Have your he way. was torturing the donkey for what the donkey saw mm -hmm. that he didn't see. So because he didn't see, he's punishing the donkey for what he did see. And and so and so the donkey, God gave the donkey voice. Don't let a donkey speak to you and you don't, oh, my God. Listen, if you won't listen to God, he'll have a donkey come talk to you. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come on. And so <coughs> the donkey <laughs> said, man, why are you messing with me? Mm. And Deaconess, I can stay here all day because that's a, it's a, so many sermons in that. I'm going to leave it alone. But that is the context <laughs> of Balaam because he was trying to draw them away from the things of God. And notice that there's a, the eating of um, food off the idols and that was supposed to be taboo for the people of God but it's always a connection between that and sexual immorality mm. <coughs> excuse me there's a th th there's a, a clear picture there whenever you see food off the idols right behind you're going to see that, that sexual immorality you're going to mm -hmm. see that throughout the text and there's a, 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 a parallel between eating something like this and and, and sexual immorality. And so the, the thing, if I was given a side, if this was a sermon, I would give you a sidebar here, and I would say when you eat strange things, you crave strange things. Oh, wow. Mm. So when you eat strange things, you'll start to crave strange things. Wow. And so watch what you eat so you can watch your cravings. Amen. Mm. Amen. All right. Amen. Hope y'all got all that down. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are just joining us, this is a dialogue, especially not a monologue. We want to hear your questions as we are diving in to uh, Revelation chapter 2. We are picking up in verse 15. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name on it, known only to the one who receives it. All right, awesome. Thank you. Now, notice here that this church is also leaning towards the teachings of the Nicolaitans. And we talked about this with the church of Ephesus. Mm -hmm. And Elder John gave a great um, description of uh, the background of what you want to talk about that real quick, Elder John? So, so the, Nicola the Nicolaitans were a byproduct of the first one of the first deacons in church the one of the first deacons was uh nicholas and nicholas got caught up and began to um you know begin to frolic or have relations as they they would say and out, outside of what was proper and so uh instead of him getting it right he just decided that hey look let me teach let me just i'll, I'll change the teaching to justify my behavior 
And so that's pretty much what started that. And then he began to, uh, to again, it's that, 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 that focus. Like Pastor just said, that strange, say, say it again, Pastor. I said when you eat strange things, you'll crave strange str things. Right. So, so, so that, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, I was going to just say that, you know, the, the teaching of the Nicolaitans, uh, you know, they, they were leading in luring, um, and, he, and, and his name means conqueror or destroyer. Mm. And so th this group was attempting to lure people away from the things of God into this pagan worship. Um, and these things were very prevalent during his time. And so look what Jesus said right after that. He says, repent um, of your sin. Or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Mm. Jesus says, listen, you really need to repent from these things, and allowing something to be led astray. And if you don't, I'm coming, I'm coming suddenly. And I'm going to fight with the word, with, with, with the sword. We know the sword of the, uh, of the spirit is the word of God. He, so he says, the sword out of my mouth. It's bad when the word got come beat you up the word. Mm. Um, and uh, he continues to say, um, those who have ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying, and understand what he's saying to the church. He says, uh, for everyone who is victorious, and victorious means to overcome. We dealt with this last week. When, when anyone who's victorious, anyone who overcomes, listen to the promise. Um, I'm going to give you some of the manna that is hidden away in heaven. Hmm. Now, uh, Elder John and I had a dialogue about this recently, and, and, and that, that hidden manna, we know that when, when you talk about the, um, the Old Testament, and, and, and the tabernacle that was set up, you had the outer courts, the inner courts, and the most holy place with the veil and the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. Inside of that Ark, we know on top it was the mercy seat, the cherubim's represent, and then inside was three things. It was a pot of manna, it was a, um, Aaron's rod, and the Ten Commandments. That was inside of that, and that, that whole picture of that Ark represents the presence of God in the midst of his people. Mm. And, it's, and it's fascinating that that God gave the children of Israel manna, right? Then we find manna in the ark, right, where God is. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Okay? What, oh, God, what, what is in God that's manna? Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. That's right. And so understand, he says, I'm going to give you a part of the bread, the hidden manna. No, it's hidden. And it's in God, but it's Christ. And that hidden manna, he said, I'm going to give you some of this hidden manna. Um, he says, and I'm going to give you a white stone. Understand that, that he says, a white stone um, that is engraved with a new name. That stone represents your new name and your new identity. Mm. That's, your, that's your new name badge. He says, listen, I'm giving it to you, and no one will understand except the one who receives it. And so you can show me your name, but I won't know what your name is. This is between you and God. Wow. And so... I'm going to leave that there. I'll jump you oh, man. Passive. Okay, okay, okay. First of all, so look, w as you were talking, it, it just, it, the, the thing that hit me, um, so uh, you mentioned about the ark. Like he's saying, hey, listen, everything that was contained in the ark, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release to you, mm -hmm. right? What, what people were, were afraid of, I'm going to release to you. He says the white stone, and immediately my mind just went to, because you said, the, what, were, what was in the ark? The manna? And the tablets that that God wrote with the finger of his of his finger, right? Am I right? Exactly. Right. So he says, "I'm going to give you a white stone engraved. I'm going to give you your own tablet, right? So I'm going. Uh, come on now. Right. And so so God God is saying, "Hey, listen, my presence is going to be with you. Mm -hmm. 
Jesus said, like, you actually talked about that on Sunday, about the people of God. They came, they said, hey, look, make us more bread, Jesus. And Jesus, you know, they said, Moses made us bread. Mm -hmm. Moses gave us bread from heaven. Jesus said, I am the bread, am the bread. that comes from it comes from above. So, so uh, but if I could, I want to just take a step back because there was one thing that was mentioned there when he says, repent of your sin or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And that's a reference to, again, uh, when he first says, he says, I am the first and the last. Let me go back. He says, I, uh, this message is from, this is the message from the one with the sharp two-edged sword. Now, the thing about the two-edged sword is that it cuts back and forward. So, so with a, a two-edged sword, it's like literally slashing. This is not. This is this is a this is a weapon that you are slashing with, right? This is so. This is not a. This is this is not a merciful, in in that sense, type of a weapon. Like this is havoc. Like when I'm bringing this, this is havoc. And I just find it funny that he says, "Listen, I'm going to fight against you." So, so to the churches that are out there that are not doing right, God says, hey, listen. And he tells, he says, listen, he said, get right or I'm, you're, you're making me your enemy. And you have to understand that the church is the body of Christ. Wow, come on. He's the head. I'm not going to have y'all out here making me look crazy. <laughs> y'all represent me. Mm. And so, <clears throat> and understand what that means. That doesn't mean that we're walking, that we're all perfect. None of us in this life are perfect, but as, as believers, we should be striving to do that and not allowing ourselves to be drawn into these type of practices that we find here in the text. Following Balaam, following Nicol um, Nicolaitans. I'm about to say Nickelodeons. <laughs> <laughs> but the Nicolaitans, you know, and, and finding ourselves in these weird predicaments, you know what I mean? And so, um, but I, I love how Jesus concludes this thing. He says, I'm going to give you a stone. Mm. I, gave, I gave Israel stones. Mm. I gave them manna. I'm going to give you a stone, an individual stone. I'm going to give you, and understand what Aaron's rod. Aaron's rod bloomed and blossomed in a place where it shouldn't. Mm. He says, I'm going to allow you to blossom in places where you shouldn't. And I'm going to give you hidden manna. A significance to the stone being white? Is there any significance to that, or is that just so happened? Well, I, I think, stone? again, throughout the text, um, Deaconess, he talked about white robes. It talks, white symbolizes righteousness when we're dealing with, the, uh, with, with this revelation. It symbolizes cleansing and righteousness and being in right standing. And so if I have a white stone and you see that white, you say, oh, he's in right standing with God, mm -hmm. and I got a new name written on it. Amen. Amen. Mm. For those of you who are just joining us, we are studying the book of Revelation, chapter 2. We are heading into verse 18. But if you have any questions, our comments, our thoughts, please share them with us, and we will um, get them answered this evening. To the angel of the church in Titaria, write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are are like burnished bronze. All right, let's let's pause there. We dealt with this last week mm -hmm. when Jesus des describes when 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 when, he, when he's he's being described um, as having hair like wool, and his feet is like polished bronze. We talked about bronze. Bronze is brown. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
bronze is brown. And we read it in the, in the previous chapter, in chapter 1, it says like it's been in the fire. So take a penny and put it in the fire, and that's the color of his feet. Okay? Um, so the, so we have to dispel the myth of what we people have been, and I was talking about it last, last week, that, you know, growing up, we had three things hanging in our house, JFK, <laughs> MLK, and, 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 white, and Jesus. white Jesus. Uh, and, and, and two of the three wasn't white. <laughs> Amen. Um, we know that Jesus could not be European. It's impossible it's for impossible. the reason he lived in, for, the, for, for the, the places he's been, where he hid in Egypt. Egypt is a country, the continent of Africa. You can't hide in Africa if you're European. The Europeans did not come into the Bible until much later. So when we're dealing with the people of the, of the Old Testament, we're not dealing with Europeans. And so Jesus was not the blonde um, hair, blue eyed Jesus that most people prescribe to. That's not him. That's actually Michelangelo's little cousin that he took a, a painting of. Okay. And so I just wanted to highlight that. Um, and we're going to see why he said the flames of fire and the feet of bronze. Okay. So I, I just want to pause there, Deaconess. I'm sorry. Nope. 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 Worries at all. What, what, what is the questions at the end of the chapter? Mm -hmm. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Mm. Nevertheless, I have this can, can against you. Can you pause here real quick, mm -hmm. Deaconess? Notice every time Jesus speaks to a church, he's like that. Like I mentioned it last week. He's like that great supervisor. He comes out, tell you all the great things you do first. Yep. You know what? You, you know what? You show up on time. You know, you, you come and you take, you, you eat your cheese sandwich in 10 minutes and you're right back to work, you know. But the, here, here's the problem I have with you. He's like giving them evaluation. Mm -hmm. Now, supervisors tell you all the good stuff first. Jesus told him, and initially said, you look, you know, I know you, I, I've seen your love, your, your, your faith, your service, your patient endurance. He says, I've seen, you know, you, you've made a lot of improvements. But this way I got some beef with you. So I'm sorry, Deacon. Nope. <laughs> We're in verse 20. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, mm -hmm. who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. Let's Can pause I, there. Go ahead, Ellen. No, go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Notice again, see the, see the connection between eating this crazy food and sexual immorality. You, you always see the, that connection. But let's talk about Jezebel. Mm. Unfortunately, Jezebel, as wicked as she was, gets a bad rep. That's right. Most people view Jezebel as a harlot. She was, you know, sleeping around and doing all these crazy things. That's not who Jezebel was. Go nope. back to the Old Testament when Jezebel was living in a life during the time of the prophet Elijah. Jezebel was a, manipulati a manipul manipulator. Think about that. Her husband Ahab was the king. She ran Ahab. Mm -hmm. She had Ahab and everybody skid her. The 450 prophets of Baal reported to her. Yep. And think about this. Elijah slew 450 prophets of Baal. He gets one letter from this woman and he, he tells God, God, kill me. Yes, it's because and so she, she was not a harlot. She was a married woman. She wasn't a harlot. She just was a manipulative spirit. And so she's the one that wants to be in charge and rule over even the man in her life. A Jezebel spirit. 
Okay? Uh, and I'm going to leave that alone and let Elder John mess with that for a little bit. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, um, like you said, she, she, she's, uh, she's often pictured as this, seduct this seductress, but in reality, she is just manipulating. She's conniving. And you'll see this spirit in operation, and I'm just going to say, in, more, in, in, in many churches, you'll see, uh, from, uh, you, you'll, you'll see if, if you have eyes to see, You'll see, right? Um, the spirit try to rise up, and and oftentimes what it tries to do is attach itself or get around leadership, right? It tries to get around leadership and tries to tries to get the the the, the leadership to follow a particular direction. And I'm I'm, I'm like like this. I, I've seen it in so many churches, uh, Pastor, and. Uh, Oftentimes, they fall. They, they fall into it. The church will fall into it, and this person will, will run this program, run this program, and everybody will hate that church. And it was like, they said, because they let such and such run that ministry, and they ran into the ground, and they nasty, and they evil. And a lot of times, that is a Jezebel spirit. That is a Je And please understand that a Jezebel spirit is not limited to just being a woman. Exactly. Oftentimes, oftentimes, it it looks for, 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 for women, but it is not limited or restricted to just that, to just women. One of the other things that stands out to me, um, Pastor, Jezebel is the one who turned Israel to worship Baal. Right. She actually moved Ahab to do that. Jezebel is a very conniving. Now, what, they, what Revelations is talking about is that there is a particular woman in this church, mm -hmm. right, who, is, who calls herself a prophet and she leads, me, um, leads my servants astray. Now, she is seductive, okay, but the reference to Jezebel is more so about the manipulative right. side of it, okay? And then um, one of the things I want to say, because uh, like Pastor just mentioned about, um, you know, I, I, I always, always say, it's like, like throughout all of these churches, one of the main issues you see, the, the consistency is, work, you know, eating food, um, offering unto idols and sexual immorality. And I just want to share a couple scriptures, if it's okay, mm -hmm. um, re in regards to that. Now, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And it says, you say, now, now again, we are under grace, right? We're under grace. But, um, but Paul writes this. He said, you say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Mm -hmm. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. Uh, now, uh, just a few more verses. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scripture says, the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Lastly, run from sexual sin. No other sin is clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. And look, Paul is just elaborating on the point that Jesus is making. He said, listen, there's nothing else in the church that wrecks, that, that, that strains your relationship 
with God. Like uh, any of us, any of us who are being very honest with ourselves would say, listen, that's the, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing that was, was a struggle place. That's the thing that was a struggle place. And so, so Jesus is telling the church, he's saying, listen, you got to get this. He said, because at the end of the day, you become a slave to that thing. And those desires, they control you. And they say, hey, look, you got to get up. You got you to turn that video on. You got to do this. You got to do that. And so, again, he says, you, you are made to have dominion, not to be dominated over. So he just wants us to have control over ourselves. Amen. Amen. I know that was a lot. I'm sorry, Amen. Pastor. No, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> so, because we can, we can okay. continue. All right. We're going to pick up in verse 21. I have given her time to repent of her immorality but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead, then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will, I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Wow. So mm -hmm. think about what he's, what he's saying here. The Lord is saying here, Number one, because she's joining him into sexual immorality, she's, he now is making a reference that I'm going to throw her in a bed of suffering. Mm. He's, he's making an analogy where if you commit your sin here, I'm going to throw you here, right? Then understand what happened to the, the actual person of Jezebel. Yes, she was thrown out of a window, mm -hmm. and that's how she met her death. She's going to be thrown into a bed of suffering. That's how she's going to meet her death. And all those who, are, who followed her, um, and, uh, and again, understand what this text is saying. Those who committed adultery with her doesn't mean that they slept with her, but they're saying those who participated in what she drew them into, mm -hmm. right? They will suffer greatly unless they repent. So, so, so let me pause here and say that everything that Elder John talked about in Corinthians, everything that we're talking about here, God has still extended grace unto us. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so here's the beautiful thing. If you found yourself in a situation where you, um, like most of us, said, look, I, I, I messed up in some of these areas. Amen. Amen. God allows us to repent. Isn't that awesome? He said you can turn away from these things. And long as you don't turn back to them, then guess what? You will, will, will receive a crown instead of this death. <laughs> There's still time. Look. Even the text said, I gave her time. Mm -hmm. She was making havoc in my church, and I still extended grace to her. Wow, come on. I was, she was messing up my people, and I still gave her an opportunity to get it right. Mm -hmm. And so God is, God is full of mercy. He's full of grace. Yeah. And so if you find yourself in a situation where you've, you've fallen off the wagon, you can get back on. Get back. Come on. Get back on. You know, listen, it might be some people right here watching this live who said, I, I stopped going to church because of my, my mess. Mm -hmm. Church going to look at me funny. They're going to turn their nose. They know my business, so they're going to treat me funny. Listen, God's grace is sufficient. Yes. Go back to church. Listen, this is the season to get back home. Amen. Get back to church. Listen, as Elder John said, this is a hospital. We know nobody in here is perfect. Amen. Amen. We're working this thing out together. That's why the, we are out church and we're better together. We work this thing out together. 
And look, you may have your thing. This person over here got their thing. Guess what? We're going to grow together in the, in the grace and the love of God. We're going to learn the word of God. It's going to convict us. We're going to change our lives. And we're going to be on the battlefield for the Lord. That's right. That's, how, that's what the church is supposed to be. The place where you get healed from your mess. And you better tell somebody else how, how it happened. Mm. That's Amen. what we're here Amen. for. So understand that in the midst of this, God is still extending grace. Amen. We're picking up in verse 24. Remember, if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, please place them in the chat, and we will get to them <laughs> this evening. Now, I say to, to the rest of you in Tyataria, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any burden wow. on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Mm, mm, mm. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to the pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches. Mm. There's a lot said there. And uh, we'll do our best to do it some justice. Um, notice what he says here. He says, there's a remnant in the church who didn't fall prey to this. There will always be a remnant. God will always have a remnant. A remnant is going to be uh, living righteous. There's going to be a remnant that's going to pray. There's always going to be a remnant in the, in the church, in the earth, that will do what God has originally commanded us to do. And he says here, he says, um, for the rest of you all who didn't follow these false teachings, he says, I ask nothing more of you except you hold tight to what you have until I come. In other words, the fact that you could be faithful. Mm. I ain't asking, I ain't, ain't put no more pressure on you. Just remain faithful until I come. That is something that, that, that uh, I, I, I just love about Christ. He says, I know you're dealing with a lot, so I'm not going to put no extra pressure on you. Wow. Just remain faithful. He says, and for all those who have who are victorious and who overcome um, to obey to the very end. He says, I'm going to give you authority over the nations. Look what they're going to get because they can remain faithful. Authority over the nations. I'm going to give to the nations an iron rod that will smash like play cots and um, um, play um, pots. Um, and, oh, God, Elder John, I'm scared to mess with that because we'll be, we'll, 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 we'll be here to the, throughout time. Um, and I want to leave some time for questions. Um, Go on, Pastor. Ah. Um, <laughs> And he says, <laughs> and the same you receive um, from the Father. Also, I will give you the morning star. Now, you got to understand what that means, the, the morning star. Now, remember and, uh, that the previous church is going to get hit in manner. Mm -hmm. This church is going to get the morning star. Now, I know some people say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought Satan was the morning star. No, Satan called. Listen, Jesus is described in several places, as the morning star. That's right. He says, I'm the bright and morning star. Okay? And so understand that, again, and we're going to get into this later, that Satan's always imitating God. Always. He, whatever God does, he, he's not original. He's a, he tries to be a duplicate. And that's the thing. God don't make duplicates. Mm. When he made you, the Bible says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. That you're unique. That's why you have your own fingerprints. I, I don't, I, nobody else has my fingerprints. When God makes me, I'm an original. 
Pastor, do you realize, can, can I Go just, ahead. Pastor, you realize there are 7.5 billion people on the earth. And at, at almost every, almost every period of time, there's about between that and 5 billion people on the earth. And nobody has ever had my fingerprint. That's right. That's right. Nobody has ever had your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. You got to think about the, the amazingness of God. How could this be a mistake? How could this be happenstance? How could, how could this be primordial ooze, Pastor? I'm, right. I'm not going to get into that because I know right. that could take us somewhere else. But I'm just saying, like, how could there not, how could an uh, in, intelligent creator not have been involved in that? Of course. I was trying to think about this. How many twins you know? Identical twins. They're identical but don't have the same fingerprint. Because everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made. And Pastor, then it goes back to that, that, that stone that all of these people will have a stone with a name that is just for them. Right. Each and every person is going to have a stone with a name, almost like a fingerprint, that's just theirs. Because listen, I, I know person at least 10 guys named Damon. Mm. 10 people got my name right now that I know personally. But that name they won't have. See, see we, we're, just, we're just reminiscing on the awesomeness of our God and, and what he's promising to us. He's, I'm going to give you these things. If you can be faithful, you're going to get authority, okay? You're going to get, and that authority is going to judge nations, okay? And we'll get to that later in the conversation too. He says, but I'm going to give you the morning star. And um, I'm, I'm going to leave that there unless you want to uh, uh, add anything else to that, Elder John. I know no, there's no, no, questions no. we need to no. answer. We need to answer some questions. Yeah, <laughs> so Deaconess, I know that's the end of, yes. of chapter, chapter two. two. And so let's answer some questions that some folks have. So first we'll go to our questions from the chat. Someone asked. Uh, someone asked, growing up um, in Catholicism, we were taught about purgatory. But when they got older, they grew up in Baptist and non-denominational churches. Purgatory was not a real place. Where does that place come from? And is it the first death that you talked about earlier? You, 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 okay. All right. So I, I can speak from this because I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever answers, <laughs> asks questions, I was raised Catholic too. Okay. So I'm experienced in Catholic. I was so Catholic. I was an altar boy. I went through first communion. I went through uh, all, the, all the sacraments. Amen. I did it all, okay? Purgatory is not a real place. Mm -mm. Let me explain what purgatory is to, to, to the Catholic faith. And, and no shade to my Catholic brothers and sisters, but I got to get you the truth. It's not a real place. Purgatory is supposed to be a place that you go if you're a halfway decent person, mm -hmm. right? You ain't really that bad, but you ain't really that good. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a middle ground, like a, like, like, like a, 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 a heaven and hell light. Mm -hmm. It's like a hell light, mm -hmm. right? And what happens, what Catholics believe and what they teach is that, that the saints will be able to pray you out of purgatory. Hey, I can get in there and, and pray you out of that place, and you can make your way to heaven. Now, where's that in Scripture? Nowhere. If you find one scripture that explains a place, a holding place outside of hell, okay, then let's have that conversation. Purgatory is not a place where you just can hang out and hopefully somebody love you enough to pray you out of that place. Jesus is very clear. The only way to the Father is through me. There's only, listen, 
There's only two existence, with the Father or without the Father. Come on. There's only two existence. I'm either going to be with him or I'm going to be away from him. There's no middle ground. So there is no, no purgatory, brothers and sisters. That is something that has been made up, and it is not scriptural. If you find it in scripture, even, even if you can find it, because and, and, you know the Catholic Church has additional books. Mm -hmm. You can find it in the book of Maccabees or wherever that place. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, but it's not in the 66 books that we prescribe as the Holy Scripture. Pastor, if I could add to that. So if you, if you also search church history, um, you know, during the, uh, was it the, um, where, where, the, where, where the, the church pretty much ran the world, right? If you look at that, that time period, you'll also see that the, uh, they would actually say, hey, listen, if you want your loved one out of prison, you could pay a certain fee. Right, so people who didn't want their their, uh, their their family members in purgatory would say, "Okay, well, look, I'll pay the fee to get my family member out of purgatory." So a lot of that was from that European move to control minds through religion, and so uh, it, 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 all of that stuff is tied, and we're we're it's coming to a, a, a head now. We're seeing so much of the effects of these different practices, but they, they were control mechanisms. They were. Well, we do have another question from last week, um, and it reads, what is the significance of the seven churches, and are any of those churches represented in the U.S. today? Okay. I was only one to tackle that one. Yes, I okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> all right. Um, I think what we'll see is, the, well, the seven churches we talked about, the number seven is significant, and the number seven is the number of completion. Mm -hmm. And so what I think we're seeing even though uh, John is writing uh, to these seven churches, I believe we see the personality of these churches in the body of Christ. That's right. That's why we see seven of them. And so in the body of Christ, it's not just the United States. I mean the entire body of Christ. You're going to see remnants of, uh, of Smyrna mm -hmm. and Pergamon. You're going to see the church of Ephesus, uh, the, the church of Philadelphia. We haven't got to the other churches yet. You know, we're going to see remnants of that. And so I think it's paying a picture of the, the church in its totality. That's why the number seven, the complete number, you're going to see all these personalities in the church. Um, there's not one church assigned to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to see all of these personalities of the church in the U.S. church. I promise you. Yeah. I can, you could probably find these seven churches in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. I'm serious. You can find these seven churches in Catonsville. Amen. Mm -hmm. Rice's town. Randall's town. Because, because you'll see remnants. You'll see. Listen, you'll see these Jezebels rise up in yep. all the churches. Yep. Uh -huh. If you let them. Yep. You'll see those, those teachers of the Nicola uh, Nicolaitans. I'm about to say Nickelodeons again. <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll see them, these things, people trying to lure you away from the things of God into yeah. these other things right in the church. And Pastor, if I could add to that, a lot of times they'll use things like legalism. Mm -hmm. They'll use things oh, like legalism to, 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 again, these are control mechanisms, right? And, uh, it, and so you see these spotted throughout these different churches that they look a certain way. Again, like he said, he said they call themselves Jews. He says, but they are not, Amen. right? They, 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 they. And, and, and again, the, 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 when, when it makes reference to Jews, Jews wanted to live according to the law. Mm. 
as opposed to walking in the grace that God has given us. And so, again, like what Pastor talked about, listen, uh, look, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. God has more love. He has, that's, why, that's why he sandwiches his criticism, right? He, he, he tells you something good. He brings you the hard stuff. And then he says, okay, listen, let me pass. You can just, just repent and get it right. right. God sandwiches his message. He, he don't come. He's not coming saying, listen, you, I, I want to throw you in hell. God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. And that's why I said that the church, we can't fear this book. No. No, we can't fear this book. And we can't be afraid to have the conversation. That's why we're asking you to ask us questions because if, the, if you have questions, I know growing up, you may have a different experience with this book. And growing up, you may have said, you know, I'm not touching this book. My pastor didn't touch this book. I ain't fooling with it. That's the end time stuff. I don't want to nothing about it. It's too scary. Listen, we as the church, we need to be informed. And we need to understand and recognize, listen, the signs, signs of, of the, the times. Time. Yes. If we don't pay attention to the signs of the times, then you might be like the one where Jesus come like a thief. And he shows up, and then you don't realize that he's, he's already come and gone, and you're still here. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up, man, watching that movie um, Left Behind. Uh-huh. Listen, listen. Listen. If, if nothing's going to get you saved, watch <laughs> Left Behind. <laughs> You, you, the old you, one, not the new one. No, the old one. The old one, boy. My God. So, 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 so we we, we want to we want to make sure that you are what, like like some of the old saints say, rapture ready. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. We make sure that you're rapture ready. Amen. There's there's other questions. Okay. Uh, another question. <laughs> oh, someone referred to central booking when y'all talk about purgatory. I thought that was funny, but it's like there's no good place. That's right. we don't want to go there. You know. Um, so the other question is, going back to the, a holding place, what was Abraham's bosom, and does it still exist? Can, can I do this one, Pastor? Absolutely. Oh, because uh, this is, so Abraham's bosom is talked about in Luke chapter 16. Yes, sir. Right, so in the, in the account of Lazarus. Now, um, many people think that the account of Lazarus is a parable, right? But it's not a parable because Jesus actually assigns a name. When, when, it, when it was a parable, he always said, he said, there was a, a king, you know what I mean? There was, you know, somebody from a foreign land, but he actually assigns a name. He says, he said, there was a beggar by the name of Lazarus. And he says, and every day he was, he, he, he said, every day there was a rich, rich people would walk by him and they would ignore him. And the dogs would lick his wounds. And the dogs would do that, meaning the dogs had mercy on him. They Teaching, pitied sir. him. But, but the people, and, and the Bible says that the, 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 the rich man that they talk about was dressed in fine purple. These were often the colors that the Pharisees and the Sadducees would wear because they were very, very rich, rich uh, colors. You couldn't just get these type of colors. So when it said they were dressed in purple. And so what happened was the Bible says both men died. Mm-hmm. It says the angels came and carried Lazarus to Abraham's bosom. It says... The rich man opened his eyes in hell. Mm-hmm. No, he opened his eyes in hell. And this rich man, I'm sorry for taking so long. With Take, your time. Take your so, time. Take your time. So the, the, the rich man is actually, is, he's, he's, he's burning in, in, in hell. And he looks across, and the Bible says he looks across into Abraham's bosom, right, which was a holding place. Now, it's not purgatory. It is not purgatory, okay? It was, he looked across, and he sees Abraham, and he sees Lazarus. He says to Abraham, 
I'm Father Abraham. Send Lazarus. Mm -hmm. Have him dip his finger in water. So he obviously sees water there. Have him dip him fa his finger in some water and bring it to me. Yeah. See, he hasn't changed his mindset. He's still thinking that Lazarus is less than him. He's still thinking that Lazarus, even in him. hell, he hasn't changed. My God, right? teaches, so, sir. So, so he, he says, he said, have Lazarus come over here and bring that to me. And, and, and Abraham says, he says, hey, listen, I cannot. There's a great chasm between us. There's a separation that does not allow uh, us from over here to get to you over there. And now, what does this mean? Now, Abraham's bosom was, was a holding place. Got to understand it. Nobody went to heaven prior to Jesus' resurrection. Talk about it, sir. No one went to heaven prior to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They went to, that's why when they died, they say, I'm going to be with my fathers. They, they went. Because remember, the, God says to Adam, he says, when, he said, to the earth where you, can, where you made, and to the earth shall you return. So when Jesus, um, uh, <clears throat> so I'm sorry, sorry, I don't want to mess this up. But anyway, so that was Abraham's bosom. So then when we talk about Jesus going through hell for those three days, one of the things he was doing was freeing those and leading those. That's why he says he went to prison and set the captives free. free. And, and so that's why one of the Gospels, I'm not sure which one, when, when it talks about his resurrection, the Bible says he actually, there were people of God that rose from the dead also, mm -hmm. and people saw them also. So that's Abraham's bosom. It was a holding place that was in the earth that was that obviously was a decent place, right? It wasn't purgatory because it wasn't like uh, central booking. It was a <laughs> it was it was almost like a little piece of comfort, okay, to hold the people of God. Is that absolutely? And again, that was until Christ could come. Um, so Abraham's bosom. Hold on, you have a question? Does it still exist? So, um, I mean, I don't know what, you know, who's renting the place right now, but obviously <laughs> Jesus led, the Bible says he led. So now when, when, when believers die in Christ, we go to be with the Lord in heaven. To be absent from the body. Is to be present with the Lord. Amen. So that was a really good question. Oh, that was an excellent question. That was, and that concludes our teaching. <laughs> uh, we didn't even get to chapter three. We <laughs> were trying to get to chapter three. I'm sorry. That, no, it's fine. <laughs> that concludes uh, Revelations chapter two. And Pastor I, and Elder, I'll close it over to you to close out. <laughs> Listen, y'all, we're going to take our time with this thing. Elder John and I intended to get through chapter two and three tonight. <laughs> Obviously, that did not happen. So we still have to get to the remaining churches in chapter three. We will deal with that next Thursday. But I just thank God for you all who have logged in with asked questions. I pray, I'm praying that you're learning something, that you're gleaning from this, even if this is a, a review for you that is refreshing for you to hear uh, uh, what, what we're trying to discuss. Um, so I thank God for you all, and I pray that uh, you are blessed by tonight's teaching, Elder John. Um, Pastor, first of all, I just want to say today is October the 1st. Today is, it, we recognize our pastor. Listen, Amen. this is Pastor Appreciation Month. And we recognize our pastor, listen, 10 years Amen. serving and leading the people of God. Pastor, I just want to thank you for your diligence. I want to thank you for your obedience. And, um, you know, I, I, from the bottom of my heart, Pastor, you have been, um, well, I'm not going to get mushy in front of the, everybody. But listen, Pastor, I appreciate you. And I know the, the saints of God appreciate 
the anointing over your life and, and, and your, your walk and everything. Pastor, I just want to say thank you and we honor you. Amen. God bless you, our, our Elder John. And I'm, I'm appreciative to him because this is Pastor Appreciation Month. He's our assistant pastor. We want to recognize him as well for his diligence. Amen. Amen. And for his hard work. And it's, it's an honor. You know, I thought about it today. Today is my 10th pastoral anniversary. We've wow. been doing this for 10 years. Amen. Which means, guess what? We're not novice no more. Amen. <laughs> and, and, and God has elevated us. He's doing some amazing things, and I'm missing. I'm awesome. I'm, I stand in awe of what God is doing. And so, listen, we want to give you the opportunity to sow. Listen, if you want to sow a seed into this word, we encourage you to do so. Amen. Um, we can sow three different ways. You can sow through eBless. You can sow through GiveLify. Or through the square link. You should see all those there um, for you. So we're going to ask that you sow a seed into the word. Um, I also want to thank um, everyone who allow us, uh, I mean, to make all this happen. Like, you know, we, we have, thank you, Dick and Miss Katrina, to be our moderator. Amen. Um, God bless you. Thank you for uh, our sound and video team. And and uh, Sister Michelle, who's on the side, answering also those some <laughs> questions. Amen. We thank God for you all and, and for what you're doing on this uh, and, 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 and just being a blessing. So listen, y'all, um, real quick, you know, we're going to do this every week. So make sure you log in. Make sure you invite your family and friends to be a part of this amazing teaching about end times. This coming Sunday, I will be bringing the word of God. We don't normally doing. This month, I take a break, and I normally have guest <laughs> preachers, but we're in a pandemic, <laughs> so I'm forced to preach. So y'all just log in here, brother, all right? Amen. But I promise you this Sunday, I'm going to come with a powerful word from the Lord, and I pray that it's going to bless you. Listen, until Sunday, I want you all to walk in victory. Amen. Uh, walk in blessing. Elder John. Pastor, please. if I could, listen, I just want to encourage folks out there, if you're listening and this word is being a blessing to you, please sow a seed into our man of God. Listen. Listen, there is a blessing attached. I know he's not going to say it. I'm going to say it for him, right? Listen, there is a blessing attached to sowing into the life of the man of God. The Bible teaches that if you take care of the things of God, if you take care of the house of God, God will take care of your house. So listen, I'm encouraging you out there. Listen, sow a seed into the life of the man of God. And I'm telling you, you're going to see the blessing of God in your life. I just wanted to say that. God bless you, sir. I appreciate it. Listen, guys, until next week, um, uh, be blessed. Um, but until Sunday morning, operating blessing, walking double, walking double portion, and know that you're, that we're better together and that we're victorious in all things. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful night. Thank you for listening to the Raymond Talk Podcast. Hope you join us next time.